You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. Do you want to avoid risky business litigation? Well, Annabelle Bonfa talks to us about some common types of business litigation and how to avoid them in this segment. But before we get there, I'd like to let you know that our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from our guests, like Annabella. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our program is the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our program. And with our exclusive prospect engagement program, we will deliver you up to 23 warm prospects each year. If you'd like to learn more, call Rose Chamora at 951-515-4661. That's Rose Chamora, 951-515-4661. If you're listening live, you can call her right now. She's just outside the studio in the green room. I'm sure she'd be happy to speak with you. Annabella, welcome to our show. You're an associate at Wellman & Warren LLP. Tell us a little bit about your professional background, kind of your path to your current position. Well, my path was quite direct. I actually joined my firm, would you believe it or not, in high school when I was <laughs> 17 I years old. Holy cow. <laughs> my aunt was a legal secretary for my current firm, and I'd come over the summers Jeez. as a file clerk, and then, uh, what can I say, 14 years later, decided to. Uh, you know, decided to practice law. I was going to become wow. a marketer, actually, and I found that I really enjoyed working at a law firm and servicing clients, and it had a draw for me, so I never left. Well, I, I've had a lot of attorneys, and, and I, I think they would say they've enjoyed working at a law firm, but I don't think they've demonstrated it the way you have from at such an early age. I guess it was just meant to be, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, I was the person sitting out in the hall during trial, you know, holding somebody's hand where they were ready to throw up pretty much, <laughs> <laughs> trying to calm them down, and I, I thought I was you know pretty good at that, oh. and I've, I've enjoyed having client relationships. And- so, so let's talk about your firm, Wellman & Warren. What you know, we're going to be talking about business litigation, etc. But what else? What, what is the composition of the firm? We're half transactional and half litigation. The, the transactional side, you know, we have many entrepreneurial types that have their own businesses. Many of who are multi-level marketing companies, such as you know, Herbalife type companies. Mm-hmm. It's a very hot field right now, and you know, when the economy goes down, a lot of people decide to pursue their entrepreneurial dream, and so we okay. have quite a few of those different clients and different companies. Some more successful than others, right. but um, all of them owning a business for the first time. Okay, so that's the transaction side. Yes, and the litigation side, uh, the side that I do, is pretty much specializing in trade secrets and breach of contract, meaning theft of confidential information from companies, which is very hot right now. Is it? Mm-hmm. Why? I think because information is so easy to steal. You know, it, before it, you'd run off with two bankers' boxes, and now all you need is a thumb drive and a computer right. port or a cloud. There's stuff stored in the cloud, and you just need to move it off the cloud too. Yes, right? yes, so, you can upload things to uh, Dropbox right. and other other different means. It, you know, we have middle market companies, and I, lower middle market, hundred million dollars and smaller, kind of two to a hundred million dollars. <clears throat> Are these issues? affecting them as well when i hear about you know trademark and intellectual property i I think of big companies that have all these secrets and formulas and things that they're losing but does it also impact middle market firms yes especially middle market firms you know every company that has clients and a client database and has pricing information and, and advertising information even if it's you know 
when they're going to launch their new product. That's what I was thinking, product plans, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I'd say the client database is, is the, the thing that most people try to steal first because they want not only the names of the clients, but they want the pricing information and what the client has been doing over oh, the last 10 the years. The stuff that's not publicly available, right? Because one would argue, well, you can get out of there, you know, off the Google search, their address and name and all that contact information, but pricing sure. history is not public information. That's pretty clear. Yes, and if you have that for the last five years, then it's so easy to undercut the prices of your previous employer that it's ridiculous. So you're on the litigation side. So we don't have time, unfortunately, and I'm talking with Annabella Bonfa, and she's with Wellman and Warren LLP, for you to share stories of how that happens. But that, that, that must be a very interesting profession to be a professional litigator because of the emotional aspect of well, what you must do. Law. Not for you personally, but for your clients. I think all litigation is extremely emotional, and it's scary, actually, for the client. Clients are frightened because they're out of their element. It's like putting me into an you know, emergency room. I don't know right. what's going to happen first. What is the IV? What, what's happening to me? And it's, it's, it feels like something out of your control. So a lot of our job is not just explaining the law to our clients, but getting them through the process, which is not easy. Right. And I've only been involved in a few places where I had to need someone of your talent and it is very disruptive to the business, If even even if you feel like you have to do it. So, so I'm not suggesting people not hire you to do the litigation, but my sense is it almost has to be the last recourse. For, for, you got to try to solve it in other ways, if at all possible. Am I stepping on your toes? I mean, No, not at all. I think that if you can work things out without litigation, you should certainly try, and, and you should certainly try to do every protection you can to avoid litigation in the first place. Right. And part of that is protecting your information so it's not going to be stolen. You know, password protecting it, making sure that people understand what data belongs to the company versus, you know, what is their data as the salesperson. And if you make that clear to them, you're less likely to have problems when they leave. Yeah, because I could see a scenario where you you hire a salesperson because she has a Rolodex. She brings a Rolodex to your custom company. Flip forward a few years later, she decides to leave. Why wouldn't she think that all that information is hers? I mean, they were her customers when she came. Right, right. and a lot of salespeople do feel that way. In fact, I defend a lot of salespeople that um, leave companies, and now it's very hot to just go suing the salesperson just because they're a good salesperson and you don't want them to compete against you. That's not legal. Oh, it's not? You have every right to compete against your former employer. It's just that you can't steal information from the employer to go do it. Yeah, because I would think things like CRM aggravate this situation because you're putting so much information into a central repository then if you suck it back out for your own use you've left it probably some type of digital trail and my goodness yes yeah that's why the the 20 bankers boxes are gone and salesforce is here (laughs) (laughs) all right we're talking with annabella bonfa and she's an associate at wellman and warren and we only have a few minutes left before we get to our next commercial break so i i don't want to ask you some of the more intense questions that i want to talk about but one of the things that i i do know maybe you can comment on this is is also fraud and outside companies trying to steal. Uh, we did a fraud form a few years ago, and I was surprised to learn that small and middle market companies are disproportionately affected from theft and fraud, not just from your own employees, but from outside hackers trying to get at your info. I thought they were going after Home Depot and you know JCPenney or other Target large firms, but middle market companies are affected by this as well, aren't they? Yeah, there's a lot of scams now that are targeted through email just to get your information and then, uh, you know, steal your identity, basically. Yes, and uh, 
that is also very disruptive for a business owner and executive. You need so much of your time to run your business if you're being in a litigation or you have some fraud claim. I mean, you you can you can become non-productive for big chunks of the day and week, can't you? Yes, and um, the, the smart thing, as I said, is to try to use your preventative measures to avoid that in the first place. And then if you do have to hire somebody and get involved in litigation, you know, hire somebody that's going to make your job easier rather than harder so you right. can spend more time on your business and less time in court. And I think you want a shark as a litigator. I don't know. I haven't had to hire a <laughs> litigator, but I don't think I want, uh, you know, um, Pooh Bear. I think I want someone who's going to walk in there and maybe they look like a, a gentle person. But on the inside, you really have to be able to take the competition apart, don't you, in litigation? You do on some level, but it's not what it is in the movies. You know, people think, uh, you know, I'm going to hire the biggest son of a bitch I can get my hands on. But That's a different in, way of saying it. But in, in reality, a lot of litigation can be avoided if you have a competent attorney who is assertive, but okay. who has good relationships with the other side. Because okay. you can work out things before you get to So you're looking for a compromise? Try. Trying to look for an area of compromise, maybe? You, yeah, you need to be tough when you need to be tough. And you need to be uh, soft when you need to be soft. And, and a good lawyer, I think, can wear both hats very competently and, well, and a, work out your matters. That's a teachable moment there. You just heard it. You need to be tough when you need to be tough and soft when you need to be soft. Annabelle Bonfa is our guest here on Critical Mass Radio Show. We're going to take our third and final commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to get into the meat of the conversation, which is to discuss some of the major issues that middle market businesses should consider when dealing with the legality of their business. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these words from our commercial sponsors. There's something positive about the word up. When things are looking good, they're looking up. When someone's down, you cheer them up. So how do you move up? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up, Brandman University. Brandman is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top 10 universities for online bachelor's programs. Brandman's online graduate programs in business and education also receive top honors. So look us up at brandman.edu. Brandman University. Move up. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. UPS Protection has been protecting systems in the U.S. against brownouts, blackouts, and poor quality power for over 25 years. We provide power protection systems, including UPS, lighting inverters, generators, and service for clients from coast to coast. We specialize in solving all your power needs. As a direct reseller of the best brands in the industry, including Liebert, Powerware, and APC, we can solve all your power protection needs. Protecting your power is our main goal. We offer on-site or depot repair of our critical equipment. To better serve your budget constraints, UPS Protection also offers both reconditioned and new products. Time flies when you're having fun here on Critical Mass Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Franzi and Annabelle Bonfa. She is associate at Wellman and Warren is our guest. Before we get back to talking with her, I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our radio show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 16,000 episodes of Critical Mass Radio Show 
during the last 30 days. And we here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. Of course, all of our shows can be heard live on octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, and various other business-oriented podcasting services, as well as hundreds of websites of middle market companies across the country where the CEO has been on the radio show and they've posted the player on their website. All right, let's talk a little bit about, maybe you can touch on the major areas where a middle market company can be exposed to kind of litigation. Can you just kind of step through those with us, please? Of course, there's the basic uh, breach of contract action. And a lot of times companies have casual relationships. They're not casual relationships, but friendly relationships with another company. And so they tend to have a lot of oral agreements with each other. Or maybe they have a nice contract, but then over the years, you know, they get comfortable with each other and they just start changing things orally. Not a good idea. You definitely want to have everything in writing because you don't want to be going through 10,000 emails over a 10-year period trying to figure out how the contract changed. Okay. Whatever your contract is, it's better to have amendments, changes to it that are in writing, signed by both parties. That way, you always know what the agreement is. And it doesn't take that much time, but people don't do it. The power of the pen. I've even seen the person with the best notes sometimes is... It has an upper hand in the con- in the discussion too, right? That's right. Just, Otherwise, it's your word against my word, right, kind of thing. Right. But if the person who takes the time and they don't have to be copious notes, just key points or something, and save them in a place and can find them. Right. Wow, that that is daunting, right? To go back five years and go, well, actually, versus your memory of what we talked about. Okay. What other areas should? Trade secret is very hot, as I was as I was telling you. People steal information, and since our customers and the information our customers share with us, like their pricing habits and their marketing habits, and you know everything that's vital to your business, is often in a CRM program or some kind of program that has data in it. Right. You want to make sure that all of your employees understand that 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 data belongs to the company. So you have an employee employment agreement that explains to them this data belongs to the company. You have them sign other agreements saying if you ever leave the company, you understand that the data is ours and you will not take that data and take it Mm -hmm. to your new employer. If it's all spelled out and you have password protection with different passwords for every single employee, then you can track who's taking the information if that ever happens. And you're in a better position to take legal action to basically prevent them, get an injunction preventing them from using your stolen information to compete against you. Wow. But how do you know they do or don't use the information? Well, I think it's in this day and age when so much information is available through emails. You know, if if you find the email where they're basically, I know my old company, you know, charged you two bucks a pound and I'm going to charge you (laughs) $1.95, you'd be scared of what people will put in an email. That is unwise at best. I've even seen emails that... uh, there's some cool stuff in my old employer's program. Join me for a go-to-my-PC meeting at 2 o'clock where we can take the information take it to our new company. Holy cow. That happens. Well, what about... Okay, so I'm going to take a little bit of a tangent here, and I'm talking with Annabelle Bonfa. What about if you're the hiring company, and you're hiring this person not for that reason, but yet they somehow bring it with them, or they unknowingly to you are doing these kind of things? What is your obligation there as the employer? Well, the smart new employer hiring a hotshot salesperson from another company will protect themselves by having them sign an agreement that says, 
you understand that our company, we don't want stolen information from your ex-employer. You will not bring to us the stolen information. You will agree okay. that you, you will not take it to us on your computer, and you know you will allow us to search your computer and make sure it's not on there in the first place. And that way, you're in a great position if you're new employee gets sued to defend yourself and say here's my agreement you know we looked it wasn't there he was duty bound not to bring it to us and you're in a great position to defend yourself wow that is that is worth the price of admission right there ladies and gentlemen because i would have never considered having as the hiring company spelling out that we don't want you to bring illegal information with you as a new hire i mean that's that's uh, that's a good idea, Annabelle Bonfa. Thank you. Uh, any anything else in this area that you, that you're litigating and your experience suggests that CEOs of middle market companies should be aware of? Well, the salesperson or some VP leaving an old company starting his new company should also think about the potential of being sued by the old company. So if you're going to start your new company, you want to start it clean. So one of the things you want to do is if you are going to pitch to your old customers. Go on Google and make sure you can get all that information independently. That way, if your old employer sues you, you can say, hey, this is public information. Here's my Google search. You know, I happen to remember John Smith, the old contact, but, you know, hey, what are you going to do? Give me a lobotomy? I have a right to remember his name. I got this information independently, and I have every right to compete against you using information that's publicly available. Yeah, because I would think if in a high-stakes situation, that might be worth the company that lost the employee to at least try to chill them out of the market for a while by filing a suit against them, at least to try to freak them out or scare them or That's drain them of their do. resources, right? Because an entrepreneur has probably less resources than their former employer. So, yeah. that. But then on the other hand, they have to be careful, the former employee, because, again, it's against the law to do that to people, right? So if you're just frivolously trying to chill them out, you could be at risk, too, as the former employer, right? Is that what it's, I heard you say? It's very dangerous to bring a trade secret case without without good information. If you sue somebody for trade secrets and you lose, the other side could get their attorney's fees back, which is usually not the case with most litigation. Wow. Yeah, so okay. You could get your hand slapped real hard and pay yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees, so you don't want to be uh, pulling out that card unless you got a strong hand. Okay. Well, th- these are all... Great advice. I'm glad we're having you here on Critical Mass Radio Show, Annabelle Bonfa. Uh, you know, I I wanted to ask you about the Rotary Club. I know that you're very active here in the Southern California organization. So tell us a little bit about what you do in support of the Rotary Club. I'm the membership director for uh, 5320, which is our Rotary Association going as far down as San Diego and as far north as Long Beach. And we're basically a community service club. We back up other nonprofits by lending our helping hands and members to everything from the Wounded Warriors to American Cancer Association. And I use my legal advice to mentor young law students and professionals because I think that the perception of lawyers now is that we're kind of a, you know, a questionable sort for the whole, for the most part. And I'm trying to bring back vocational service and community service and trust to the legal profession. And this is one of the ways I do it. Mm. I want our new lawyers to get their head out of the uh, texting area and, and understand that clients need customer service and they're scared. And handholding is a big part of being a good professional, I think, especially a good lawyer. Right. So, um, 
let's talk a little bit more about the Rotary Club here in this area. There are so many chapters, and maybe when people hear the brand Rotary Club, they may have an image. Tell us about the demographics of the membership here in Southern California from your experience. It is changing rapidly over the last couple of years where where people used to think, oh, it's all retirees. There's still plenty of retirees, great business people that have been in business for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. But now we have young professionals, too. We have as young as college students that are in Rotaract doing community service, and we have a lot of young professionals that are hot in social media and many different walks of life, and now they're joining Rotary because every business now wants to show they do community service. I mean, look at Starbucks. Starbucks has a website where they talk about their 600,000 people that are doing community service. They're proud of it, and a lot of businesses want to help their communities, and they realize that to sell their brand... You, know, you reach out to the people on a very personal level, and community service is one of the ways to do it. It's my understanding that for years the Rotary Club was behind uh, eradicating polio. Yes, and we still world. are. Okay. We, we're almost there. It, it, you usually see two fingers put together like an inch apart, and okay. and we are that close to eradicating polio, Okay, along with uh, Bill Gates and a lot of great other associations out there that are putting right, so money. This is an international focus that the Rotary Club has, and Rotary International, right? It, it's, it's looking at a global problem and trying to make a difference in that global problem. And based on what you're saying, that your guys are close, the whole community is close to making that a possibility. Any sense for what the next challenge will be after you get off of the uh, off of polio? Any talk about oh, that? Oh gosh, you know it could be AIDS, it could be cancer. I mean, there's so many you know very important issues that need to be addressed globally. Yeah. But um, I'd say the focus of our clubs is really community service, local like community very, service, very local community service right. for our nonprofits that are out there. I think it's a great. I've spoken to a number of Rotary clubs here in Orange County, Southern California. And I also think it's it's a great opportunity to make relationships that are networking, but they're real quality relationships. You know, they're not the superficial networking events that maybe people go to. You actually build people who are looking out for you at a deeper level because of the work that you're doing. And they see you on a regular basis, right? Yeah, it's a great way to uh, make friends with people. And, and I think, you know, friendship is the basis for any kind of networking, really. You know, right. making a nice personal relationship with people. And what could be less stress for you? less stress for you to network with somebody than, you know, sitting down and, you know, having a kid's teeth that are being uh, given care by a USC student. You know, you're there under the best of circumstances and you're making friends and hanging out. So if somebody's a business owner that's listening, maybe wants to become active again in in the community or get active in the community or a young professional, it sounds like if they Google Rotary Club, they'll find a chapter in their city or locale where they are and they can maybe attend as a guest to see if they want to join, right? Yeah, they can go on uh, rotary5320.org and and they'll see all the different clubs and come by and visit. And I think... uh, They'll enjoy the experience and make some friends and have some good breakfast or lunch. There you go. All right. Annabelle Boffa, tell us how people can find your firm's website, Wellman & Warren LLP. How do they find you online? Well, um, they could put in, go straight to the website, which is www-wlaw.com. Or if they just put in uh, Wellman and Warren, we come up right away. Or they could put my name into uh, LinkedIn because mm-hmm. I'm a big LinkedIn fanatic and give a lot of presentations about LinkedIn. You're going to have to spell your name for us, for the yes. audience. It's uh, A-N-A-B-E-L-L-A. The last name is Bonfa. B-O-N as in Nancy. F as in Frank A. 
Well, I want to say thank you for being a friend of the program, being a part of our Critical Mass radio show community. Continued great work as you support the Rotary Club and supporting your clients and helping them and the issues that you're helping with. I've enjoyed this today, and thanks again, Annabelle. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to go here on Critical Mass Radio Show. I'd like to thank our sponsors who make this show possible, Brandman University, Center Club, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, Smart Business Magazine, S&H Rubber, Succession Strategies, Tone Software, and UPS Protection. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business, maybe you want to refer a future guest or you're interested in becoming an advertiser here on the radio show, Critical Mass for F-O-R, business.com is our website. Until the next show, this is Rick Franzi saying I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 